everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. I'm your host, Samuel Abraham Perez. And just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. And this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me and educate those that maybe are not like me. I wanna talk, but I really wanna talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2022. Nothing is off limits and I wanna be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I do wanna let you guys know that this podcast is completely free to listen to and we do accept donations. And we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who wanna become patrons of the podcast. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, wherever, click on the description and you will find a link to become a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website, samuelabrahamperez.com, where you can find resources to give like PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. So on today's episode, I am really excited. We are going to be talking about lust, all things lust. So I actually did this study. I was doing it for myself, but I was also doing it for my Discord um, app community. So I have this application where it's like chat rooms, basically. It's like like a little online church, sort of. And we have about 600 members. So if you're not a part of that, you definitely should be because I go on there, I talk to people, I answer questions. We have uh, video calls, we have prayer calls, we have support group calls like for men who have uh, SSA and women who have SSA that's led by uh, one of my friends. And so it's really, really a great community. But I wanted to construct a study on lust because there is some, I feel like, uh, weird definitions of what we think in our Western society, in our American society of what lust means for English. Um, but it's not really the, the exact same definition that we would find if we look up the word in Hebrew and in Greek and, and what those kind of things entail. So today is going to be a study of the entire word of lust and some things that are probably going to be really applicable to your own life. And I'm going to be talking about how it's applicable to my life as well. And if you haven't yet noticed some of those people who are listening um, online through like, uh, you guys aren't watching through the video, but I do have an entire new setup for my video that I I was very excited to use today and it was a lot of work to get together. But um, here I am in my new little studio, so I hope you guys like it. Um, Because I upload this, not just on my YouTube, but I also upload it onto um, like a, 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 for listening, because you know, podcasts are for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so uh, first off, the the main thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to lust is what is lust? Like in the Bible, if we were to open up this Bible um, and we find the word lust in there, what kind of words are we going to find? Because remember that the Bible has been translated from its Greek origins and from its Hebrew origins. And so we always, when we are doing a type of study of anything in the Bible, you want to make sure that you know you go into your lexicon or you go into wherever you can find um, the definitions uh, of a Greek word. I use the program Logos. It's a very expensive program. I really like it though, and I use it for not just this study, but I use it for um, my online Bible studies that I do every single Wednesday. And so um, when I looked up the Greek word, the Greek word is actually um, I'm pulling up the notes right here. It's epithemia, and I'm maybe pronouncing that right, maybe not pronouncing it right, Um, but it means to have a desire, a lust, and a craving or a longing. 
And so in the Greek word, lust is not just um, our English word of lust, where it just has one definition, which is it's usually sexual, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but it's a it's any type of longing, any type of desire. And that was something that I was kind of unfamiliar with. I, I didn't know that lust was things that were not just sexual. Like I thought lust like was only for sexual things. And most times when it's talked about like in the church or it's talked about in, in conversations, people are always referring to having a lust for another person or um, just it, it's always sexual. But in the Greek, this word epithemia it is like, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> it's a desiring, it's a longing for not just things sexual. And that's what we're going to be studying a little bit more further ahead. So not only do we have the Greek word, but we also have the Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word is tava. And this word, I don't know if you guys are familiar. I did a a YouTube video like a while back ago that it was called Graves of Lust or um, Hibrat Hatava. And it's uh, about, I believe, Numbers chapter 11. And I did an entire uh, YouTube video because I was like stunned when I first read this chapter in the Bible about how the Israelites, they were complaining because they wanted meat and they were tired of manna in the in the wilderness. And they went to Moses and they're like, we want meat, we want meat really badly. And, um, and Moses goes to God and God hears them complaining and he's like, okay, you know what? They want meat so bad, um, I'm gonna give them meat. And when they eat this meat, they're gonna get a plague and things are gonna be bad because it, they, were, had, they had this longing and this desire uh, for things that were God was not giving to them and and it, those desires weren't necessarily a bad thing like eating meat is not a bad thing but what made it bad was they were not thankful for the things that God was already doing in their in, in their journey like on the way to the promised land setting them free from Egypt um, they were unthankful and they started to have these desires for things that they wanted in and when they were in Egypt as slaves and then they wanted to go back to Egypt and become slaves again because they wanted to eat meat. <laughs> and so if I was God, I'd be like, man, I'm pissed off. Like we just finished like doing all these crazy plagues upon Egypt and the people and God declaring himself to be the rightful only one and only powerful God um, over all the other Egyptian gods. And then now they're complaining after seeing like a, a fire by night and a cloud by day, like all these incredible miracles that they're seeing. And they're still complaining. Like I would have been so mad as God. So I can see how that can be justified in some way, shape or form. Uh, but there's so much deepness to that. But I bring it up because what they named the place where all these people died and they were lusting um, in that place, it was called Hibrat Hatava or Kibrat Hatava. Um, something like that. And it just means graves of lust. So that word hatava is very similar to tava, which just means lust once again. So that was a very long explanation for something that was probably very simple. But the Hebrew word tava for lust is actually the um, what I would find the definition for was a desire, a longing, whether good and just. And it's mentioned in Psalm 10, uh, 17, Psalm 21, 3, um, it's even mentioned of the wicked, which is uh, Psalm 112 and 10. So in a bad set, in a bad sense, it can be a lust, a desire, um, any of those types of things. And that's found in Numbers 11.4, Kibra Hatava. And so there's a bunch of places in the Bible 
where we see this lust word that's popping up in the Hebrew and also in the Greek. So in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, because the Old Testament was written um, in Hebrew and then the New Testament was written in Greek. Um, and then some parts, you know, in Aramaic. But anyway, so the actual definition that I could find on logos, um, I have one, I pulled it up. It's a sinful longing and the inward sin which leads to the falling away from God. And this is a quote, lust, the origin of sin has its place in the heart, not of necessity, but because it is the center of all moral forces and impulses and of spiritual activity. In Mark 4:19, lust are objects of desire. And so another definition that we have, the English word lust, which is now restricted to sexual desire, formally expressed strong desire of any kind. And so um, as Thomas Adams, which he was like a theologian in the 16th century, he says, there can be a lusting of the spirit for the spirit lusts against the flesh, which is a Galatians 5.17. So when we hear this word lust, we automatically just think it's like a, like a bad thing um, because we associate it with sexuality. And that's just, I don't know, whoever came up with the English dictionary, that's the way that the cookie, cookie crumbles in that section. And so, um, but really this word could be used for good things and it could be used for bad things just depending on, um, like for example, the lusting of the spirit is like a good thing because it's a strong desire to longing for the spirit and for the things of God. But of course, a lusting um, for the flesh is everything that is completely disobedient to the Lord, everything that raises itself higher um, than from God. So I wrote down with these definitions, the next point that I wanted to make was, is lust a bad thing? You know, and some of these things seem very simple. Like you're probably watching this video and you're probably thinking to yourself like, of course lust is like a bad thing. Like who doesn't know that lust is a bad thing? But you know, that's where miscommunication happens if we don't try to break these types of things down. And so I want to break it down. Like why is lust a bad thing? And so um, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world and the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of god abides forever so here we've got mentioned that the lust of the flesh is from the world the lust of the eyes is from the world and the pride of life is like of the world it's not a part of the father and so we're gonna break some of these down i think we could do that here the lust of the flesh i'm gonna give you guys um some examples of what that looks like from another point of scripture but the lust of the eyes is mainly the things that we can see with our eyes. Like, for example, if a very good looking person walks right in front of me and I lust against him um, because of, or her, depending on your situation, um, <laughs> I lust against this person because I see them and I start looking at them up and down or, you know, looking at other areas that you're not supposed to be looking at. Um, but that is an example of the lust of the eyes. Also could be with money. Like you look at an outfit and you think to yourself, man, that person's outfit is really nice. I wish that I had money like that. God, like, you know, I don't have clothes that look like that. Or, you know, anytime that we see something and we lust at it from our eye, eye gates. And the pride of life um, is basically anything that stands up against um, like the, the knowledge of life and, and wanting 
to not submit unto the authority of God, but making ourselves like God and making ourselves the God of our own lives. It's like the pride of life. It's like, I'm going to choose for myself the things that bring me um, satisfaction because I am my own God. Like I get to decide what my future is. I get to decide um, whether I'm going to do this today, whether I'm going to do that today. Um, and I don't consult the Lord. I don't care what God has to say about these types of things. And so that's a little sum up of the pride of life. There's a really great article that I would highly recommend for people, which is found in um, gotquestions.org. I believe that's what it's called, the website. And I use them all the time. I highly recommend, guys, if, if you've never been on gotquestions.org, they have incredible material, really great articles, and they have an entire article that explains this. And they and they do it like in short forms, so it's not like a 30 to 40 minute long podcast. <laughs> but here we have some details that they don't have. So what are some practical examples that we find um, of the lusts of the flesh, right? So I went and I think it's Galatians uh, 5.16. I almost said Galatians. Galatians? 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. Here are some examples. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdnessness, which can also be translated to licitiousness, um, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I told you beforehand. And just as I told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So um, let's just go ahead and let's break this down. I actually found a commentary by Charles Spurgeon. If you guys are looking for a great theologian, Charles Spurgeon is always one that comes in clutch every single time. And I happen to own some of his books in my library on logos. And so the I'm, I'm going to list some of these and give you guys some practical example uh, for maybe some of these might be a little bit confusing because as I read through that Bible verse, you're probably like, what the heck is lulessness? Like, what does impurity like really mean? So, and some of them are pretty easy. Like, for example, sexual immorality. We know that sexual immorality is any kind of sensual indulgence, whatever it may be, a lustful glance that's a cherishing of an unclean desire, the utterance of a foul expression. And all of this is condemned as well as the overt act of adultery and fornication. So sexual immorality is like anything, like sex outside of marriage, sex um, that is not with your spouse, that you're married to, um, any type of like fornication, you know, those, those types of things. So just sexual acts that are outside of the marriage bed with your partner and um, the one that you've committed to. Impurity. Now, impurity is like things, uh, Charles Spurgeon says, which is secret, not known to others, but which is fully known to God, fleshly thoughts and fleshly world uh, words and fleshly acts. So I think impurity can possibly, like if we looked at into the, into the Hebrew, um, well, I, I would say the Greek, we could probably find a better definition, but it just means, you know, to be unclean, to be um, not set apart, to look kind of like the world in my, my own definition, my experience. 
facetiousness, which is also lewdlessness in our translation. And I wanted to go deep with this one, and I'll tell you why. Because when I first read it, uh, it's lewdlessness in, in our translations, in our modern translation, which if you guys are not familiar, is like indecent exposure of yourself. So like, let's say like you're like walking down the street and someone like exposes themselves, like their private parts to you and like just like, that's what lewdlessness usually is in terms of English and maybe has some other definitions as well. Um, but the actual Greek word that I found for this, um, it, it means lasciviousness. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right because English is my second language, guys. But uh, lasciviousness um, is this, the outward uncleanliness that society condemns and yet often practices. This includes all conversations that excite the passions all songs that suggest lewdlessness, all gestures and thoughts that lead up to an, an off, unlawful gratification, all works of art that are contrary to modesty are here condemned, and the most pleasing poetry if it creates impure imaginations. These unclean things are works of the flesh and the stage of pure putridity. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. The very maggots that swarm within a corrupt soul. So Charles Spurgeon, he likes to use really beautiful poetic words and stuff. But basically, lasciviousness is, um, it's like a complete disregard for anything that is socially acceptable. And so doing things that we know would be just completely unacceptable in our society. Like, for example, if someone just decided in the gym one day to just run out of the locker room and start their workout completely naked. That would be completely unacceptable in our society, right? And then other things like, for example, talking about things that are just very private and we should not be talking about those things in public spaces. Like, um, I remember <laughs> there's, this is kind of a really bad story, but I was like barely saved. And so I remember I was going to church and uh, <laughs> this is so bad. I was at a conference and I was with my friend at the time, my best friend, and it was a Christian conference. And it was like one of my first ever Christian conferences that I ever went to. And I had just started seeking the Lord and like reading my Bible and stuff and like really like getting to know God. But I was like really in the world. Like I, I didn't know how to act like as a, a born again Christian. And at that point, I'm not even sure if I was a born again Christian. That's a whole other story. But we were having this very inappropriate conversation in like where people were purchasing their tickets for the conference. And I was talking about like very sexual things in front of like everyone. I don't even know how I was like not embarrassed. I mean, I talk about sexual things on here in front of everyone on the internet, but like it was like it was a Christian conference and like and it was like it was homosexual, like homosexual things. And so I, I don't know, we, we like the lady who was like doing the tickets, she's like, um, can you guys please like go and like talk somewhere else? Like she like politely asked us to like leave the room because we were like being so loud and I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. But that is just like socially unacceptable that those are things that you just don't talk about unless you're a private, you know, those things that you're not gonna wanna talk about like at a coffee shop and people are gonna overhear a conversation because those things are just private. There's a certain norm in our society that we should follow and be more attentive to the other people that are around us. And, you know, even, I wanna go on a little, uh, like, side note for a second. Um, I think Christianity, sometimes we've forgotten that it's, it's very much all about um, taking care of other people before we put ourselves first. 
And modern day Christianity is not really like that. Like modern day Christianity is not about all about who has the loudest voice, um, who's the most popular. Um, and from what I've seen uh, like online and, and from and many experiences and, you know, even modern day churches, um, some, I guess some examples of this would be uh, who has the loudest voices. Like it, it's, it, think of things like government, for example, if someone doesn't like the government, they speak up and they make themselves known and they divide uh, themselves against other people who are not on the same page as them. And that's not really the Christianity that Jesus came to introduce to us because those things are socially unacceptable. And even where we see in the in, in the Bible books, like for example, in, in Peter, I believe he's the one that mentions submitting to your governing authorities, even if it means like unto death, you know? Um, like you submit like politely and, and peacefully and you try to keep the unity at all costs. You try to keep the love at all costs um, and peace at all costs. And in today's modern day Christianity that we've seen in the West, it's not to like, you know, bad Christianity to say think bad things about Christianity because at the end of the day, we're all Christians here. But it's the reality. Um, what the Bible teaches is very different than some of the things that we're currently doing in Christianity. Like we're not very gentle. We don't really care about the peace. Um, we care more about our opinions and the things that we value. And so I've been really like, the Lord's been stirring my heart um, these past couple of days in those things. Um, like learning how to be more gentle, learning how not to put my value systems that even though are good uh, onto other people and and my because that brings in a whole nother perspective of um, really selfishness of just like my values are more important than your values and this is what I value and you don't if you don't value that then you don't have a place in my life and sort of things like that but all that to say lasciviousness is um, it, when I was studying it is like everything that is just socially unacceptable and that is a lust of the flesh and you might think to yourself what i thought like lust was just sexual like i i didn't know that like having socially um unacceptable behavior like in public like that was considered a lust of the flesh it is considered because it's, it's a desire it's a longing it's things that we want to do that are in our flesh it's not in our spirit and so hopefully i've explained that pretty good uh, idolatry is another one we all know what idolatry is we see this in forms of statues we see this in forms of sports we see this in um even media you know we Id idolize even our pastors we idolize christian leaders we idolize christian worships um and even though it's a good thing we make idols out of them so we're familiar that also is another lust we have sorcery enmity so just creating like a division and opposing people who just don't uh think the way that you do or don't live the same way that you do strife against a person disagreements you're always having bursts of passions jealousies another lust um of the flesh outbursts of anger selfish ambition uh dissensions um, dissensions is like uh, op oppositions to all sorts of authority or law or any kind of official actions in the church um, that you just go against you're just like i don't i don't like i i don't want to submit no matter what happens like you can't even talk about it you're just like i don't want to submit um creating factions is another lust of the flesh according to that verse envy which is also like um uh, like jealousy sort of but it's the des uh, charles spurgeon writes this not so much the desire to enrich oneself at another expense as wolfish craving to impoverish him and pull him down for the mere sake of it 
So it's just like you just are so jealous of someone that it's not even you want their things, but it's like you want to just bring them down at all costs. Like you envy this individual. Drunkenness, um, that's also another one. So all of these in the Bible are considered to be walking in the lust of the flesh. So you might think to yourself like, oh my gosh, like I struggle in some of these. Like even myself, like that I get jealous sometimes. Jealousy is definitely one that I struggle with all the time. Like I'm if you're looking for perfection, like look elsewhere. This I, I don't got it. <laughs> don't make an idol out of me. But jealousy is something that I struggle with all the time, especially having an online ministry. It can be very difficult. Um, seeing and comparing yourself to other people who are doing online ministries that I'm like, oh man, like they did a video like that. Maybe I should do a video like that. Or why don't my videos like get more like attention in this area? Like I thought that was like good content. Like what happened with that? And then I see somebody else's content and I'm like, oh my gosh, like why didn't I think of that? Or like, why haven't I done that? Or I could do that better than that person. You know, these are all signs of like jealousy. And, and I have to take those things to the Lord, especially when I'm feeling those things that are not from the spirit. It's a lust of the flesh to be like, oh God, you know, help clean and shape my heart and, and help me to view things the way that you would want me to view things, not the way that I would view things in my flesh and help me to be led by the spirit of God and by the renewed spirit that's inside of me. And so I struggle in those types of areas and and you're probably like, you you also struggle. You're like, oh, just reading those types of things, like it can be kind of disheartening. But just wait, hold on. So why is lust wrong? So now we're gonna explain like, why is this exactly wrong? You know, why is drunkenness wrong? Why is jealousy wrong? Envying, all these types of things, like what is, what is it wrong? Desires and appetites, longings, like we were talking about in the definition, can be a really good thing or a bad thing. What makes a difference? The Holy Spirit. So as Christians, like this should be self-explanatory. <laughs> I just, I don't know if you guys heard that. It was like, ask Christians. <laughs> I like did that for a second. Um, guys, it's, it's hard to film a podcast, honestly. It's very hard. <laughs> and I like barely keep it together. And just being real with you. Um, but anyway, so these desires and these appetites, like when we decide to follow Jesus, we have to put our desires, our longings, the things that we thought were important, the things that we thought were going to be really good for our lives aside because now we have one directive, we have one purpose. And what is that one purpose? What is that direction? It's Jesus. We are supposed to be following and looking to the perfect man um, and looking to the spirit of God to teach us how we should be living our lives. That is what's most important in a Christian's journey. Like it's love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. You know, I added one in there. <laughs> but also love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this is what God wanted us to do. He wanted us to focus on him, to receive love from him, and then take that love that we're receiving and focusing on him and love other people. And that is the purpose of the Christian journey. And that's what we should be doing and telling them the gospel and how they've been redeemed, how they can um, spend and have relationship with God, you know, all those things are a part of it. So why is lusting wrong? Because lusting, uh, uh, the lust of the flesh, or just lusting in general, having this desire or longing for things that are not of God, is to break the rules of what God, uh, Jesus, taught us. And we're Christians, we're many, like Christ, that's what that word means, Christians, like many Christ. And so we are like, like, trying to follow the life of Jesus. And that is and should be all that we do every single day. And people are like, 
oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but like, you know, my, my life didn't really change that much. Like, um, or I think some of the weirdest conversations that I have sometimes is when I ask someone, how long have you been a believer? And they tell me, oh, my whole life. I'm like, okay, when were you born again? And they're like, no, I, I've, I've just been a believer my whole life. I'm like, but when were you born again? Because everyone needs to be born again. Like, what does that mean? When was the exact decision that you were like, oh, wait, 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 I'm not, I'm no longer Samuel, like the first Samuel that was born in this world of the flesh and then maybe introduced Christianity. You know, I grew up in Christianity, but I had a defining moment where I was born again and I made Jesus Lord over my life and he was Lord over everything and all of the things in my life completely changed. Um, and then, you know, I had that born again process. But that's what I would ask those people. I'd be like, when were you born again? When was that process that you were like, everything changed in your life? You fell in love with the Messiah. You fell in love with the man um, who's perfect and beautiful and did things wonderfully. When was that moment that all those things changed? And if you can't answer that, then we have a problem. We have a problem. It's like you have to question whether or not, you know, you really are a born again believer and you really are living your life for Jesus or if you're living your life for yourself. And so I get a little worried sometimes that I even have to explain this because as Christians, this should be like the bare minimum of what we know, which is like, okay, now I don't live for myself, but I live for Jesus, right? That should be the thing that we want to do. And that's why lust, the lust of the flesh is so wrong on so many levels because it's all about what we want. It's all about what is appetizing to us. It's not appetizing to the Lord. It's not appetizing um, to our interpersonal relationships that have involvement of God, it, it, it's, it just ruins everything because now we're going and we're setting up ourselves as Lord of our own lives and God, uh, God of our own lives. And so, well, like you're probably questioning yourself now and you're like, well, Samuel, like, what do I do? Like, what, what, what is expected of me? Like, uh, maybe I'm struggling a lot in this area. Maybe I have lots of lusts of the flesh. So what should I do right? This is what I brought up. So now we have Galatians once again, 5, chapter 5, 22 through verse uh, 26. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So we could break all these down, but I'm sure you guys are very familiar. Like um, love, we all know what love looks like. Agape love is like to set yourself aside and to make sacrifices uh, for another person. Like for example, agape love is the love that God showed us where he, he gave his one and only son. Like he, he gave the thing that was the most valuable to him um, for people that would probably never love him and would mistreat him. So that's a really great example of what love looks like. It's like, are you more concerned with receiving praise from people or having an exchange that, that wouldn't be considered love. Like real, pure, beautiful agape love is when you give, not expecting to receive. And when you really, really give from the place of like, you have no, like barely anything else left to give. And so joy and peace, I could probably do an entire study just on joy, like the joy of the Lord and what that looks like. And it's not really an emotion. The joy of the Lord is kind of a circumstance, is an understanding that no matter what happens in our lives, um, we still have this joy, this this 
understanding this piece that, oh my gosh, like Jesus died for me and I'm valuable. And one day I'm going to live with him in New Jerusalem and I'm going to rule and reign and things are going to be wonderful. And, and I can have joy. Even when I'm sad, I can have joy. Even like when I'm distraught, I can have like peace. It's a spiritual, like um, a, a fruit of the spirit. So patience, we all know patience, you know, like the, <laughs> that one doesn't need to exp be explained. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, rel reliability, gentleness. This is one that I've definitely been just, it's been on my heart because as a Latino, um, we're not the most gentle. <laughs> like maybe you guys see me on video and you guys see me with my Bible studies and um, possibly, you know, these podcasts and you think, oh, you know, he's so kind, he's so nice, you know, he's very gentle. But in real life, I'm like, I'm, I'm a Latino, you know, I'm like, I'm hot blooded. And sometimes I'm not very gentle. Sometimes there are lots of people that come to me with their problems. And I, um, I, I usually answer back through messages and stuff. And people will just rant to me about questions or problems that they're having. And sometimes I just want to be like, I just want to slap them like like not physically but you know like virtually just slap the person and be like wake up snap out of it you know because uh, they're telling me about their problems they're telling me about their depression they're telling me about all these types of things and i'm like i know the solution like just spend time with the lord and you know get into your word and just like snap out of it you know wake up um but you have to be gentle because it's a fruit of the spirit it's willing to just listen to someone instead of having your own way and just listen to them and receive them and show them kindness and show them love and and not just like slap them awake, but do it through gentleness of like, oh, okay, like, you know, I hear you, I see you, I understand you. Have you tried this maybe? Do you want me to give you advice? Do you just want me to pray for you? Do you want me to listen to you? Like gentleness is something that is very beautiful to me. When I see people um, in different churches or when I meet someone randomly and they just have the spirit of gentleness, like they just talk and they talk like this and hi, how was, how's your day? You know, it's it's so sweet to me it, because it's very opposite of, of who I am. I'm very just like passionate and like bold and like those are really beautiful things too. But I aspire to be more gentle and this was um, something that the Holy Spirit had told me personally in my car um, and I convicted my heart and the Holy Spirit was like, Sam, you're, you know, you haven't really been gentle these past couple of days. And I was like, man, what does it look like to be gentle? Because I didn't grow up in a family that was gentle by far at all. And I don't want to carry that into my own family one day when I have a family. And so self-control, that's another fruit of the spirit. And these are all things that we can do in the spirit. Um, and and some of you guys are probably like, wait a second, but hold on. Like, I'm still struggling in this area. Like, why, why don't I have all these fruits of the Spirit if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me? And why am I still struggling with the lust of the flesh and all these types of things? Which, by the way, if you guys are not studying Romans uh, chapter 6, 7, and 8 with me, like I'm doing an entire study of Romans, the book of Romans, every single Wednesday night, and I do that live streams, please jump on. It is, it's going to answer so many of your questions. It is totally like answered so many of my own questions like studying this bible i thought i knew the bible well before going into romans and then now i realize like whoa i know stuff now that i did not know before so uh, join us in that study however these are all things that uh, i guess thomas adams would say like lusting against the spirit which is not a bad thing it's a good thing it's a desire it's a longing to want to do the things that the spirit is asking you to do, the spirit of God that lives inside of you and is you know, convicting you to do these types of things. So I have this 
there's this beautiful commentary uh, from Charles Spurgeon, and some of you guys are probably questioning, like, I'm struggling here in this area, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if I will be able to produce these types of fruit. Like, what do I do? And here's a really great commentary from Charles Spurgeon. He says, the fruit of love comes gradually. Fruit does not start from the tree perfectly ripe at once. First comes a flower, and then a tiny formation that shows that the flower has set. Then a berry appears, but it is very sour. You may not gather it, and you leave it alone for a little while and allow the sun to ripe it. But by, by then, and by, it fills out, and you have the apple and the full portions of beauty and with a mellow flavor that delights the taste. Love springs up in the heart and increases by a sure growth. Love is not produced by casting the mind in the mold of imitations or fastening grace to a man's actions as things outside of himself. And there are people who have borrowed affection and mannerisms and a sweet style, but they are not natural and they are not true love. What sweet words, what dainty phrases go among them. And at first you're surprised with their affections and you're like, oh, dear sister, dear brother, you have a dear minister. And you go to your dear church and you sing dear songs to those dear tunes and their talk is so sweet and that is just a little sticky and you feel like a fly caught in molasses. This is disgusting. It sickens one. Love is a fruit of the spirit. It is not something assumed, but something that grows out of the heart. Um, true love and real love for God and others comes out of a man because it is in him, wrought within by the operation of the Holy Ghost and whose fruit it is. The outcome of a regenerated manhood is that a man lives no longer unto himself, but for the good of others. So basically everything that Charles Spurgeon was basically saying there is that this fruit of the Spirit, it takes time, it's gradual, it's not like all of a sudden, I mean some of them might be super all of a sudden, but I think the life of a Christian is a life of progression. And that's why I named this podcast Christian Progress because it's like you're not just going to wake up one day and then automatically have all of these fruits of the Spirit like just like implemented and just automatic and now you're a robot and you're just doing everything perfectly. No, it's it's going to take time. Just like, hello, fruits, they take time. Like I remember when I was a little kid and I was <laughs> I thought that like, I, I think maybe actually they do. Apple trees, they take like 20 years to produce fruits or something like that. I have no idea. I'm not like into plants or trees, um, but trees, they take a long time to produce the fruits uh, that you want out of them. And it's the same way with us. It's like, it takes maturing and processes with the Lord and prayer and contending for those things. And then it just comes out of you easily, um, it, it, but with time. And some people, they fake these types of things. You know, they put on this mask. They put on this character of just like, I could jump on here on YouTube every single week and put on a character for you guys. I could be like, hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit just loves you so much. You know, I just pretend to be like the sweet person. But in reality, I'm like super abrasive and super bold. And like when people are not looking and that is the fakeness of like people faking fruits of the spirit and we might even know a lot of those people in our lives and we think wow those people are so beautiful and so grand and so wonderful but it's all a show and it's all fake it's like it's sticky it's messy it's disgusting like charles spurgeon was saying and so what do we really want to focus on we we know that a christian journey is it is a messy journey and it is uh it's not the prettiest journey it's a journey of progress of getting yourself out of the mud and cleaning yourself up and that is sometimes very messy and it will come in time. And so 
if right now you're struggling with the lusts of the flesh, whether it's sexual, whether it's you know idolatry, whether it's enmity, whether it's jealousy, whether it's envy, you know, and in, in your life, and you're like, man, I I want to get closer with the Lord. The first thing that you want to do is you want to pray. You know, just pray and ask God, like, hey, I've been struggling with the lusts of my own flesh, and I am renewed. I'm born again. Um, and if you're not born again, you're listening to this for the first time. You're like, I want to know what it's like to be born again by God. I I don't have a relationship with God. Just ask him. And for those who, who have never been, just ask him. Like, I, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. Make my spirit new again. And of course, Jesus is going to do it. Like, he wants to have a relationship with you. He gave his only son for you. And so God's going to do that. Um, and then for those who already are born again but are so struggling, like, just ask the Holy Spirit to continue to guide you, to continue to teach you to continue to stir up those fruits inside of you and contend for that every single day in the areas where you know that you are struggling in, just like me with areas of jealousy. Um, I'm like, uh, when that comes up, I know I gotta pray. I know I gotta go to the Holy Spirit. I know I gotta shut my mouth or shut my mind off or start to focus on things that are good and pleasing to the Lord um, and not stay there in that mind frame and in that mind setup. Because if I do, that's just gonna build a root and it's going to build bad fruit instead of good fruit. And we want to be builders of good fruit. So uh, that's all that I have for you guys. I mean, that's my little mini study on the word lust. So now we are very familiar. We know that lust is not just a sexual thing. Lust is any type of longing, desire, craving that is against or opposes itself um, to the authority of God. And so I think that was very helpful for myself. Hopefully it was very helpful for you guys too. And hopefully you guys joined my Discord app and I love talking about it because it's such a great little like church community online. And um, if you don't have any place to do community with people, I'm, we're open there. So uh, download the app and join and then do the application because there is an application to get in. But guys, it's been a wonderful time just spending this with you guys and hopefully the Lord will continue to give me topics and teachings to be able to jump on here and just Sometimes there's not really much going on in my life. Like I wanted to do an episode of the podcast and sometimes I don't get them out when I'm supposed to get them out because there's just not much going on in my life. I'm just working and making content and building a house of prayer uh, in for Lauderdale in Miami. And so uh, there's a lot of projects I got going on that there's not a lot of things that maybe the Lord is teaching me in this season. So I took it upon myself to teach myself something that I had never like looked into before. And I definitely learned some things. Taba. You know, tada, <laughs> Hebrew and some Greek words. So hopefully you guys liked it. If you did, make sure you click the little thumbs up and whoever's watching all the way to the end of this, <laughs> uh, if you're watching on YouTube um, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that also helps me and subscribe to my channels. You know, you guys know what to do. Follow me on my Instagram, my social media handles. And we'll be back next week with a very special podcast episode with a guest star. So I'm excited to release that. And let me know if you like my setup, if I should add some things or if it's perfect the way that it is. And, you know, just comment down below. I, I, I do try to get through all those comments. It's usually not too many for the newer videos. So I love you guys and God bless. I'll see you next time. Peace.